Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So today we're going to talk about tyrants, and especially, yep, and especially, and this is going to sound weird, how to become one. Now, I need to give a little disclo- disclaimer here. I am not telling you guys to go out and become tyrants. I think your parents would be very upset with me. I'm not telling your parents how to be tyrants either. So no one, I cannot emphasize this enough, no one is telling you to be a tyrant. But as we've talked about a lot, you know, by understanding how people's minds work or how things happen or, you know, the way the world works, as this podcast is called, you can start noticing patterns and you can start learning from history and you know what to avoid. So there's a new documentary series on Netflix. I think it's a Netflix original called How to Be a Tyrant, and it's, it's really quite good. Maybe not for younger kids. There is a lot of violence described. I don't. There's no like swear words or anything, but it does go into some pretty atrocious things that tyrants have done. But I think the parents might find it interesting. I think if they find it interesting, maybe older kids and, and teens might, it would be very good for them to see and kind of, you know, it's the same reason why you learn about terrible things so you don't do them. And that's kind of the point of this. So it takes a close look at tyrants and it examines how they rose to power. And some of these tyrants I had never even heard of before. So it was very interesting for me. But all of them have several things in common. And I want to go through a few of those today. So first, and this one I think is is really easy to see, a hopeful tyrant has to believe that they can be a tyrant. They have this mega confidence. You know, some people call it narcissism where you think, you know, that you can you can do anything, and it, but it's, it's not the good kind of you can do anything. It's not like the, <laughs> I believe I can be an entrepreneur, so I'm going to do it. It's like, I believe I can take over the entire world. You can control people. Yes. I don't think pinky in the brain is a thing anymore, right? Oh, man. It, it should used be. to be. That was great. And the tagline every episode was, what are we going to do tonight, brain? And he'd say, try to take over the world. And he was actually like a young tyrant or like a tyrant wannabe. So that's it's kind of a funny and also pretty good historical lesson. So Hitler, who we will talk about soon, is probably the world's most infamous tyrant. You know, he is the stereotypical, the archetypal villain in everything. But he believed in himself so much that failure wasn't an option. At one point, he tried to become an artist, like a painter, and he had no talent. Hmm. And I'm kind of like admired that because I'm like, you know, you went for it. (laughs) Again, I do not admire Hitler. I should have prefaced that. That was a joke. But Kim Jong-un, or Kim, how do you say it? Kim, Kim Jong-un, I think. Un, yeah. un, that's right. So he was the father of Kim Jong-il, or did I get that mixed up? I know, I think you're right. Okay, so we talked about the, uh, both of them in the North Korea episode. But he even thought, you know, his power was divine. Not even that it was divine, that it was given to him by God. He thought, like, he was a god, basically. So a lot of these tyrants and even kings throughout history have thought that they had this divine power. They could do anything. Hmm. And tyrants also believe, you know, they're the center of everything. We've talked about cults of personality before. And I think that describes this perfectly. So instead of, you know, a movement of ideas, and I think you could argue that the revolution was a movement of ideas. Yeah. Um, more than you know, one sole person, but tyrants make all their political plans ab- about themselves, right? The movement is about themselves, so that's that's one really interesting point. I think if you if you look at uh, like every authoritarian regime throughout history, they they have what you just described this this cult of personality, this strong individual. Everything is centered around one person, the leader who makes all the decisions, and so. You know, as I as I look at it, and as this uh, little documentary talks about, but certainly as as history shows, you know, the, the the step to come, the first step to becoming a tyrant is you have to get people really upset about something. You have to identify a common enemy 
that encourages people to unite, to, to then fight back. And, uh, and there's a quote from H.L. Mencken, who's this writer. I'm going to butcher this when I summarize it. But he says, you know, politics is just endlessly showing people that there's all these hobgoblins and monsters to be afraid of. And if there aren't any that exist, then you create them. Right. And, and he's being a bit cynical, but you look through history and that's, that's the case. There are, there are cases where these, uh, these leaders, uh, I hesitate to call them leaders, these tyrants, that's the word we're using for them today, where these tyrants, you know, use something that happened and, and tried to kind of galvanize the people and unite and follow me, right. And, and give me your, you know, power. And, but then you have instances where events were manufactured, where they were created, um, and so you think of something like with Hitler and the Reichstag fire yes. and, and, uh, where Which we'll get into more in just a couple episodes. And so, you know, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to cause something to happen. Another term for this is a false flag event. Yeah. When, when you basically say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to create this incident and I'm going to blame it on someone else. And I'm going to get everyone really upset against those people. And they're going to give me all their power, even though I'm the one that kind of tricked them into doing it, which I think gets into propaganda, right? Which we've talked about before, Brittany. Yes, we've absolutely talked about propaganda. And I think uh, that's what you need propaganda to create the common enemy, right? I mean, we've seen this. We, you and I both talked about the book propaganda. Yeah. The, the thing. So for those who don't know about that book, that was written by Edward Bernays back in uh, like world war one, um, during the days of Woodrow Wilson, and they were trying to find out how to manipulate entire movements of people, how you can get people to um, to change their minds, to follow leaders. And, and, and this is something that, again, we'll talk more about Hitler later, but Hitler and his team used that book, Propaganda, when they were doing all yep. their <laughs> Nazi stuff. And so it's, it's very alarming to see this is, what, this is how tyrants do it. Uh, as, as we said, you identify an enemy, you kind of unite the people uh, as one to fight back, to support the, the leader. You have this grand lie, this big kind of uh, claim of, of problems. You know, I think uh, even you look at this war on terror that America has been fighting for a couple of decades, it creates this us versus them narrative that encourages people to rally behind, you know, even bad government policies that take their freedom away. And so it's, it's the, the tyrant uh, the wannabe tyrant needs this because otherwise you have people disagreeing people. Oh, I don't quite, I don't support that. You know, but, but then when there's a big crisis, then the, you know, tyrant can step forward and call all of the, the disagreeing people, um, uh, unpatriotic yeah. right? or, or traitors. And, and suddenly you can basically bend the will of the public behind what you want to do because it's the patriotic thing. It's, it's the, you know, the, the, it's our duty. This is what we must do. And suddenly all of your dissenters, your, your people who disagree are pushed to the side and everyone falls in line behind the tyrant. It, it works time and time and time again throughout history. It's a pattern that we can definitely see and which can warn us about the future. Absolutely. Um, so another step on for wannabe tyrants is uh, be a man of the people. And this one's really interesting to me. You know, people look up to people who are like them. And I, I'm not calling George Bush a tyrant, but, you know, there was a point I remember when it was like, oh, he wears blue jeans. He wears a cowboy hat. Like, he's like me. Right? That cult of personality. It's again. that cult of personality. And so you, you like, like people love this. They're drawn to this. Also, there's the whole uh, he, like war hero mentality, right? Like, oh, he served in a war. And with Hitler, Hitler served in World War One. That's how he he kind of got his lust for war. Hmm. And so he was able to say, you know, look at me, I, w I was a war hero, all this stuff. And they also 
people are drawn to people, and we've talked about this with our heroes. I mean, even we are drawn to people like this who rise up from impoverished circumstances, right? A lot of people might not be as sympathetic with a wannabe tyrant who's like, I come from money and and now I want to rule over you. Now that's going to be different, obviously, in, in different situations. But so they like this whole like, he's one of us. They want to see, the people want to see themselves in this this leader, this potential leader, and that helps them rise to power. Mm-hmm. And the next step, which Connor, you actually already kind of touched on, but I want to touch it again, is obviously to unify the people. So you've created that common enemy. And everybody's now directing, you know, their anger, whoever caused that. So let's say you're in, in, you know, Nazi Germany or before Nazi Germany and you're angry that the economy is suffering post-World War I and you want to blame someone. That's what Hitler did, right? He blamed a certain group of people for that. And then everyone turned against them because everybody's wallets were hurting, right? Everybody was, was out of money. And so it was really easy to get everybody to turn against people. And so by uniting the people, you you create almost like a, like a mega collective tyrant, right? Because they're all following one guy but then everybody else is willing to do whatever it takes to, mm. to get rid of this enemy i think the the next thing that a tyrant would need is like a core group of supporters and um you know tyrants they have to choose carefully the the how this group is viewed i think is important you need you know war heroes or people who are respected you need people who've proven their loyalty right because if you're going to do big bad bold things you you want people who are going to be loyal to you who are you know, committed to the cause just like you are. And so, you know, they choose their friends, these tyrants, as if there's a war going on. Usually there is an actual <laughs> war going on, but these these people, uh, these tyrants see this as a matter of life and death. And so they have to really trust, you know, these people who are going to be like in their direct vicinity all the time. These are people who could like assassinate you, right? Or uh, who could cause a lot of problems if they were to turn against you. And so, but you need this core group of people because, no, you know, one person cannot be a tyrant alone. You need people to follow your orders and do all kinds of horrible things. And so you have to have this group that you can influence. And and this people, um, uh, these people that you surround yourself with are going to be those core, like, order followers. And so there's that level of of alignment and trust and loyalty, which you know, again, these are, this is loyalty around evil things, Yes, which is kind of despicable. And yet this is how tyrants operate. They have to have these core group of like-minded people. And some people are so allied with the tyrant they support, you know, if they think they might lose power, they sacrifice their own life rather than live in a world without them. I mean, it's very odd how this happens, but when you when you have your group of supporters and you have the propaganda and you have the big bad you know problem that you're all rallying around this unity fake unity the next step that you've got to do is you have to crush your enemies you know even if they're friends and family you have to be ruthless if you want to be a tyrant i like that word ruthless is a good way to put that you have to be ruthless what's the opposite ruthful i don't know I mean, I don't, maybe, <laughs> there, maybe there isn't is an it opposite. just ruth but yeah ruth and ruthless <laughs> and so you have to vanquish your foe you have to defeat your enemy this is i think of course the most terrifying aspect of tyrants they'll they'll turn even on those people who are being loyal to them if they suspect disloyalty if they feel like oh he wants my power you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i mean this happens throughout world history you have people killing siblings and parents and children you know and 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 uh people in your political party and the ruler on the other side like because you you have all this power and now what's in your mind it's it's the preservation of that power and, and not only preserving it but increasing it which is yeah. where you get into hurting and killing a lot of people because you're trying to 
destroy your opposition. And uh, sometimes they'll turn on these people to send a message to anyone who might even think about disloyalty. So maybe it's not about that one person that you just, you know, executed. It's it's you want to send a message to other people. Um, and and again, like some of these tyrants will even do it to their own family members. Uh, Saddam Hussein more recently uh, was known. I guess that was more recently, wasn't it? Do it doesn't feel like it, but yeah. <laughs> And I mean, imagine that, Brittany, like turning on your own family just because you want to hold on to your tyrannical political power. I can't even imagine how evil you have to be to be thinking something like that. And yet world history shows time and time and time again uh, that this type of thing happens. It reminds me of that quote from Lord Acton, right? Power corrupts people. Power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely in other words when you have like a ton of power it is totally going to corrupt you which is why people like you and i support this concept of decentralization so centralized power is like when all the power goes to the center of a circle well what's in the middle of a circle one little dot which is could be your tyrant and so if all that power rushes in from the outer edges of a circle into the center because it's centralized right now you have this tyrannical power but if you decentralize power, think of the 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 perimeter. What's it called? The circumference of a circle as oh, being man, all, these little, <laughs> all, all these little dots, all these individual people. And if the power is pushed to the edges, then people have power in their own lives to do what they want. So that's decentralization of power. You're pulling it away from Washington D.C. You're pulling it away from tyrants. You're pulling it away from an individual person. And 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 so if absolute power corrupts absolutely, then I think you know. Folks like us who care about liberty, we have to be pulling power away from any one person rather than giving more to them. And it's absolutely right. I also want to point out, and I think, again, I love you know using literature and, and fiction to get this listed across, but I think about Harry Potter and nobody's born a tyrant, right? You aren't born evil. Uh, Voldemort had to choose to be a villain, just like Harry had to choose to be a hero. So, you know, just because you don't like a bully at school doesn't necessarily mean they're going to grow up and be a tyrant. They might, they might, I don't know. But I, I think it's important to remember that choice, right? And we've talked about all these steps. These are purposeful steps that people have taken to get power. So, you know, nobody is born evil, at least in my opinion. Um, so that, I think that's just something interesting to keep in mind that, you know, I, I don't think Hitler was born from the day he was born. It was like, you know, I'm going to grow up to be a mass murderer. That's what I want to do when I grow up. Little teaser for all of our listeners out there. We are working on a guidebook about this exact type of issue. Uh, so stay tuned for that in the future. It's in the works and it'll take us a little while to work on. Uh, but uh, if you don't have any of the other guidebooks, you can go to TuttleTwins.com slash products. This is for the older kids, kind of 12 or 13 and up, mostly for the teenagers and certainly you adults as well. So you go check that out. And as always, TuttleTwins.com slash podcast for show notes and subscribe to the show. Share it with your friends. We're very grateful to you guys for listening. We don't want tyrants in our day and age. And so we got to make sure we educate everyone about freedom so that we can decentralize power and make sure when some wannabe tyrant stands up and says, here's a problem, let's all unite around my exact plan and proposed solution, just give me your freedom, then we'll know because we will have learned from history so as not to repeat it in the future. That's why what we're doing behind the Tuttle Twins is so important. Thank you all for playing a part of it. Brittany, you as well, great conversation. And until next time, we'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.